0: Welcome back to another episode of Weekly Brain Dump, the episode, no, the podcast, (laughs) dude, every time, (laughs) every time, the podcast about everything and nothing. Um, Welcome back. Hey man, how are you? I'm doing great. What about you? Uh, I'm good. I'm a little bit frustrated. um, To everybody that's listening, we're having a few... Well, actually, it's Constantine that's having a few internet problems. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) like like since the last two or three episodes. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but this time it's been terrible again. Like last time, we had a lot less problems. Uh, We have a few delays here and there. We have sometimes we don't hear a word at all, (laughs) or a sentence. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and so that's so it, it might happen that there are gonna be like longer breaks or just not (laughs) hearing someone say something I mean that's perfect Uh, that's how like you know every professional podcast should
1: should be and now and then you can probably also hear a bark in the background because um, Loki now has found his chewing bone and is awake again he was sleeping before but now he's having fun again so um, don't get scared it's not a jump scare it's just my dog
0: That's that's perfect. Um <laughs> so the quality profe- is getting better and we better. We are professionals. So we That's <laughs> Well, you know, it's it's our uh it's our podcast dog. <laughs> exactly. He agrees. I love that. <laughs> there we go. Right, he agrees. You? He actually uh, agrees. There you go. There you go. <laughs> what have you been up to?
1: Um, actually, I found some time. Like I had a, a a fantastic day today. I found some time this morning to uh, finally look into a really interesting interesting crypto ecosystem. I was looking forward to do that for quite a while, and it's uh, Avalanche or AVX is the token sign. And I bought some quite long ago, uh, more than half a year or more than a year, I think. Um, I don't want to lie, but it was quite a long time. And recently, I got. Um, back into it and I bought some more and I finally wanted to try uh like the whole De- defi hype because I was way too late with ethereum um obviously you can't really be too late it's still uh on like um, it's still going but I wanted to um be there for the rise of an ecosystem basically when it begins and I never had the motivation to try Solana defi I just traded Solana and so now I got into defi with avalanche and it was a pretty pretty interesting uh Interesting story. Have you ever done some do, some do DeFi stuff? Like,
0: uh, I haven't, but maybe do you want to like quickly? Well, m- maybe let's go to the real roots. Uh, quickly explain what DeFi actually is, and then say what the whole ecosystem is kind of built on, like just in two sentences, maybe or three.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, like DeFi is decentralized finance, and it's basically a new way of uh, financing, and um, it needs a A solution like a crypto solution that works with smart contracts so you could basically um do contracts and uh, before you uh send money or send transactions and that way you can uh, do do things like swapping swapping tokens because you can uh, set up a contract who basically says you give me two ethereum and i give you x token x back and this way you can have um exchanges on on the blockchain, you can have yield farming, you can have uh, staking, you can have all those fancy things. And um, yeah, it basically works on a a really interesting technology um, called uh, AVAX, Avalanche. Um, They use uh, blockchain and also a directed acyclic graph, uh, which is supposed to make it really fast and also have really, really low fees, which I both find really interesting. So yeah, I went the the whole 100 yards with um, first uh, cross chaining, like swapping my Ethereum cross chain into Avalanche, a wrapped token. Basically, they wrap your Ethereum into a token that represents Ethereum on their chain. And then I swapped it into a yield farm um, where you get 260% average yield per year, which is quite massive, but for DeFi, uh, quite normal number.
0: Uh, quick, quick, sorry, quick question. Uh, because you said they use uh, an acyclic graph. Do they use GraphQL?
1: No, no, no. It's like it, it. It's not like GraphQL. is basically a replacement for an API, like right? Something like a REST API or a Fetch API. They just
0: yeah, exactly.
1: or, organize the way that that way. But like a directed acyclic graph. I, I'm sure you also had it in university. It's basically just no, a, no, a structure, not. right? And they use that to intertwine the blockchain with the graph because you can traverse the graph faster than the blockchain. So they can basically uh, use this to, um, yeah, manifest transactions in a parallel way without losing uh, the the way how they fit together. Right? In a blockchain, you can basically you do it linearly in some like not exactly, but like oversimplifying. And right there, you can basically branch off and do transactions in parallel which makes it way faster or is supposed to make it way faster.
0: Mm, okay, I understand. Oh, that's really cool. Absolutely. Um yeah, maybe we can uh, link it in the in the description and yeah, people can take a look themselves. 100% we'll do that. Yep. Yeah. That's great. yeah, that's great. Um I've been um I've been doing like, or like, if we stay at the the whole topic of of maybe not crypto but like coding. Um, I've been working on, uh, and some people might might know know about this. The OGs Uh, from the early episodes. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, I I have an app. uh, It's called One Hundred Questions. It's like this drinking game, and basically. I, I've been wanting to like uh, create this update for a while now because um, it's since COVID uh, the app started growing a lot. Um, actually, the downloads went up pretty much exponentially since uh, COVID hit. And, anyways, like I've been working on this update again. What I had to do though, since the code was quite old, I had to do a complete refactoring. And well, then like I, I partially did that, that I put it again to the side because I was busy with other things. And now I started doing that again. And I'm running into a few issues. And the issue is that at work, um, I've always worked with uh, the old framework you uh, know the, the the new framework that apple created which is swift ui so you basically um, the the, the swift based framework that uh, you can use to create apps um and it it, it involves everything from you know the the views uh, up to the logic of the app and okay. but swift ui is quite new like it uh, it was developed when did it come out like three years ago i believe and before that, there was UIKit, which was a fairly old framework. And in fact, it was quite outdated. And now that I'm working with UIKit again, I am realizing how fucking frustrating it was. I swear to God, stuff that you could solve with, I don't know, 10 lines of code in Swift UI for UIKit, it will take you 200, 300 lines of code sometimes. Without it 10. is so much. Boring as typing the whole time. Is it just eat, like, a lot of boilerplate code, like when you yeah yeah, yeah absolutely because like, like there's you know for anything you want to create if if you want to have a table view so like you know uh like a, a table of, of of a list of elements, um, yep. you need the UI table view and like you will have to implement so many different functions for height and this and that, and plus like UIKit had the, also the. the Different possibilities of implementing things. You had the option to have the the so called storyboard, where you literally had to drag and drop items into the storyboard, and then like give it settings or configurations to like know where I it's still going remember to be the storyboard. You can also do all of that. Yeah, you can also do everything in code, but that's you know that's what I prefer to do. But that will take you like a lot of code, especially to mm-hmm. set the, all all the constraints, and the constraints are basically. Yeah, the placement of, uh, uh, of 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 the views. So yeah, that's that's been kind of um, kind of uh, uncool, but <laughs> and as, as I'm very very thankful that SwiftUI exists, and to everybody that still to all the iOS developers at least that still believe in UIKit, trust me, uh, you will do yourself a big favor if uh, you slowly but surely will learn how to use or work with SwiftUI. And it's really o- not that complicated. There are always those people.
1: Like they're like, oh, this one is better because I used it for quite a long time. Um, but <laughs> I think that like with every technology, there's there's those people. Like I mean, there's even people in JavaScript that don't want to use the like new ECMAScript things, like the new new syntax and new new tooling, basically, because they just say, yeah, in the plain vanilla JavaScript is the best. And the yeah, I the issue is also
0: everywhere. yeah, the, the issue is also another one actually that um, it is at least. A, Right now, it's not supported by that many companies yet because you know, like all of those major companies, they have um, apps that are still be, uh, built on the old framework. Yeah. In fact, yeah. if you look, for example, like I saw this one job offer. I wasn't looking for a job. I just saw this job offer from from SoundCloud, and basically, they still build their uh, their app in Objective C, and now they want to convert it. Objective C, this was. Uh, the language before Swift that was, when when did Swift come out? I think in 2015. So we're talking about a language that was created, like that, that exists for, I don't know how many, like two decades at least. Mm. Uh, But but I think... It was
1: outdated since 2015. I think you you probably are more familiar with that, but I have Felt, or like from what I know, a lot of people or professional companies used uh, Objective C quite a while after Swift came out because Swift wasn't exactly great when it was released. Swift had a lot of like starter problems and it wasn't really that nice to use. So, I, from what I've known, like people used objective c for quite a while after swift was like no, released no, swift true. got better with the second or third iteration of that, the releases
0: no no that is that is very correct uh, and and you know you can say similar things about swift ui that's why especially in the first year i believe like basically no one used it uh, for like real apps because it was way too unsafe it had way too many bugs and yeah. problems and you had the same issues with uh, with with Swift at the time, so it always takes a while to transition. But that's what I mean, you know. Like a lot of companies still haven't, and and that's kind of understandable. Uh, a lot of companies just haven't transitioned yet to yeah. you know those new frameworks, and that's why, and and especially because they haven't transitioned yet, you know, there is not this requirement, I guess, for for people to yeah. learn the new framework just yet. But don't you they, think?
1: Um, I just, I just uh, like realized. In my opinion, Apple has a lot of quality software. Like, if you think of Final Cut, if you think of Logic, a lot of stuff they do is really, really good. But their update iteration cycle is incredibly slow. Or is it just me? It takes like pages a while. It never gets updated. I, I... Like a, a lot of apps, they they need years for to to update it. Like they update the OS and the um, iOS, but like for normal apps. Like I don't know when I had the last like Final Cut update.
0: I mean, yeah, I see your, yeah, I see your point. Like, um, but though, like you know, like the call it, Let's call it the consumer apps usually don't really have really problems. Like you know, Pages is fine; it works. Um, yeah, but, it, but they could add features, dev- right? I,
1: I mean, it's Apple. They have a lot of good uh, software engineers and a lot of good developers. They could really like push the basic, basically push the boundaries on even like consumer apps but they just decide to update it once every 3 I, or 4 I years. Mean,
0: well you, no that's not true. Uh usually these updates always come out with the new macOS. Yeah, but it's really but really minor. Like it's a little it's, it's thing. Minor, here but on the other hand like on Yeah, but yeah, wait wait a second though because if you look at Microsoft, I don't believe that Word gets updated once a week. Or PowerPoint, or you know, I'm, I'm all not of saying those. that
1: Microsoft is better, but I think Apple uh, should be better. Yeah, there.
0: I, I'm just I'm just saying these are kind of particular products where you just can't bring out an update every single day. Um, but this is not even what I wanted to say. But like I, I mean, if you look at the developer side at least uh, on Apple products, it just I, I mean it's highly complex, so it, it takes some time to you know actually get to to a safe point. In fact, like if you look at SwiftUI, it still hasn't implemented all of the so- functionality that UIKit has implemented. Um, for example, something like the collection view. So what you have to do is basically um, include UIKit code, which you can do in SwiftUI. Uh, to have like the full set of functionalities that you might be used for, uh, used of uh, from from the past, mm-hmm. it, it just takes time. It's uh, I I think it's easier to say than uh, you know. But uh, I, th- I think well, I, I guess like especially like something like Pages is a little bit extreme. Uh, I don't know how it is with g- g- Garage Garage Band. Uh, actually, wait, let me go to the App Store right now. Is there, is there an update I don't think so though yeah I think
1: um, it, one partially the reason is that the I like the Mac os apps are really really well optimized so they don't want to push too many changes because they could like harm the performance that's one one point I could see there but personally I just always thought I love the software and I often use them over even like paid software or like aftermarket software I just thought like a, a little, some updates a little bit more often and more regularly would really, really be nice. And I mean, they have the cap- capabilities and like the, the, the stuff to do it, in my opinion. But I mean, there will be a reason yeah, why they I, don't do it. I mean, it's Apple. They I, have thought about so, that too. too. Like um, yeah, I, I think they have a little bit more knowledge about the whole
0: topic than yeah. <laughs> the two of us do. Combined.
1: <laughs> we also care more than most people that buy their products. Like, uh, Like if Justin just buys a new MacBook Pro for his college, like he doesn't give a singular fuck how often pages gets updated. He probably doesn't even realize. So yeah, (laughs) at the end of the day, it's it's really whatever.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, To have like one great transition for once, someone who didn't give a fuck about something um, was uh, a certain user, Twitter user called Pranksy. This is a cool story I wanted to talk to you about. So basically, what happened was that uh, someone hacked uh, Banksy's official website mm-hmm. and added a new page where you could buy uh, a Banksy NFT. Now, since it was hacked, like this is this was not a real NFT, like not a real Banksy NFT. It was a fake Banksy NFT. And this dude uh, called Pranksy, funnily enough, uh, on Twitter, he bought it for a hundred Ethereum at the time. Uh, when it happened, it was about $350,000. Right now, it would be even more. Um, and, well, the, the funny thing is, actually, he said that, that he thought it was kind of funny, like kind of genius what happened there because this dude is already quite loaded. <laughs> and But this got so big in the, uh, in the media that all of a sudden, like a day later or something um the dude just sent the money back the only thing that he didn't send back was the gas fees so it was a little bit less uh than he got from uh he got for for the nft like he got he sent back 97.699 either um but yeah he sent back everything and <laughs> oh also because like uh, they assume that this dude Pranxi, he found the hacker on twitter and started following him so they believe that mm-hmm. maybe i don't know he shit his pants or something and that's why he sent the money back yeah. um
1: but i mean also you can never ever sell it again right so it's basically worthless
0: wait oh i mean his ethereum
1: and no, all, no, like, it, if he has this NFT, right? And like, he sold it to him, it's 100% worthless. And like, he basically hard grieved him. And I'm pretty sure like, people will find out. Especially if it's that much, I right? I mean, there's also on-chain security companies and, and stuff. Yeah, so. I, I I guess
0: I don't I don't know how how confident this dude uh, actually was and what what was the reason behind it. There there's there are actually even some rumors that it was Banksy himself and that he was kind of playing this prank as a as True. a planned work of art. It's yeah. just rumors, like nobody nobody knows. Um, but I, I don't know. I thought it was a cool story.
1: Yeah. So Nico just said it's facts that it's uh, Banksy, and if it's not, uh, I don't, add them <laughs> on Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's
0: it's interesting though. Like what I but the, though just the idea of like you know hacking some artist's website and just adding a page, you know, to sell some NFT, and all of the money goes straight into your pocket like that's that's fucking genius like <laughs> you got to come up with that idea in the first place you know yeah. like i would have never thought of that it's quite always and quite smart <laughs> at the same time i mean very dangerous for sure but yeah mm. props to the guy for sure
1: yeah but like you told me before we always have this little discussion session before the podcast where we either find out that we have no clue what we are about to talk about or um, like today, that we have a lot of what we want to talk about, and I think um, the recent days were some happy days for Nico in
0: Berlin. Uh, so, oh, all right. Up with that? Um, <laughs> well, uh, as everybody knows by now, probably I, I like to go out. I love to go out, in fact. And something that Berlin finally did was opening up clubs for everybody that's vaccinated, vaccinated or uh, was sick in the past or in the past six months. And that made me very, very happy for once because I was able to go out again. And second of all, it made me very happy for the clubs uh, and the whole club scene because they definitely suffered by far the most under the whole pandemic. Um, but at I mean, least you know, you know, most, in the I in the, the work I sector, I mean, uh, <laughs> they they had it financially seen, they had it rough, <laughs> I'd say. Um, and I've I, I mean, we've, we're always very outspoken when it comes to, to, to vaccines and that uh, we, we've always been very pro-vaccine. And um, from the very beginning, I've always believed that people that are actually going that step of getting vaccinated should also profit uh, from a normal life again. And if you decide not to get the vaccine, then as a society, since you might be endangering a lot of other people, your um, your freedom should be kind of limited in the sense that maybe you can't uh, go to certain places anymore, such as again clubs. Uh, and so I thought it was a great thing. Um, it felt amazing because, like, that also meant like going to a club with no mask, no nothing. You could just enter um, and mask, off, mask like like off, like future was saying. <laughs> 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 Damn, I haven't listened to that song in so long. Oh, that's a, that was a great song.
1: <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry to interrupt you real quick. Um, just to clarify, because um, I know what you wanted to say, but for me, it's just like limiting freedom sounds incredibly harsh, and I'm never a fan of limiting freedom. I would just say, um, in a in a normal society, everyone should have the right to decide who he or she lets into his own uh, establishment. So if people want to enable others to ha- have parties and stuff uh, they can feel free to limit it to only vaccinated people mm. um, i think it, it sounds a bit too harsh if you say like yeah unvaccinated people no should i'm not saying that they shouldn't have, have, have freedom f- because no, 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 in no, my I opinion th- everyone should have what that
0: saying. what what i'm saying what yeah, I'm, I know. No, I know okay, that you what didn't want it to yeah, okay, say. That. I'm just right. rephrasing uh, well, it for you. Well, it's not completely true what he said because it's not like the those uh, facilities have the have the option, like clubs, uh, if they want to let people inside, then it's only vaccinated people.
1: Yeah, no, but they they, they could, could also just decide not, open, not right? to open. I mean, they're they obviously the, not going they can to do decide. that.
0: Uh, I haven't yeah. heard of any facilities that decided to go that far. Um, what what I believe is that. It's, it's rather that you're like limiting someone else's uh freedom but you're rather giving more possibilities to someone that you know went as far as like getting vaccinated because yeah. it only seems fair to me at least um because elsewhere yeah i know, gonna, what you you know to say keep that's why i kind of the in. same bullshit over and over and over again uh yeah. But yeah that's <laughs> that's pretty much it. I, I had a great time. Uh it was fun. And uh yeah, any any other news on your behalf because I I think I I, I mean I know that yeah, uh yeah. <laughs> like when we first ta- started talking about crypto um you told me about like a few a few cryptocurrencies that you invested in at the time was like rather minimal but and one of the, the one of the early investors uh in solana is uh, talking to me right now
1: yeah absolutely like i had two like early gems i was basically writing from quite early um i bought some bag of uh, cardano at under 70 cents and some a little bit under 50 cents which is and I uh, like i sold some of it uh, at 3 dollars so we made some nice profit there, and also I was riding Solana from thirty-two dollars USD to one hundred thirty dollars, and I'm looking to reacquire some back once it drops. Yeah, I also got into uh, a little bit more short-term trading or like swing trading in the last few days, and it's going um, decent. Uh, I would say, in the grand scheme of things, I'm a absolute bloody beginner. Uh, I know more than I would say I know more than most normies, but I know way less than I should know, and I would like to know um but i think we have also some interesting thing coming up uh i'm uh, we talked about it off uh the recording but i just um i'll drop it right here i think nico and i will do a trading channel a challenge with uh a given amount and we will see who does better in a week of trading uh yeah, and i'm absolutely. looking forward to that uh, i
0: think we could even give more information to that so uh we decide to each uh invest in like it we we don't know yet if it's going to be paper trading or if we're actually going to invest. Um, we're going to decide that spontaneously. However, we're going to set a certain time we're starting from which we can start investing. Um, and there's going to be kind of a timeout, which will be pretty much seven days later. And then we're going to see who made more money and who's the loser. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and obviously we will not use margin because uh, that would be um, not really fair. I mean, it would be fair, but like we don't want to overcomplicate it. We yeah, exactly. To
0: um, the only thing that we yeah. need to do is uh, choose one exchange, obviously. Uh, that would be also yep. fair to have the same exchange. And yeah, I'm, I'm very looking forward to that. Yeah, same. Super
1: interesting. We will talk about that in the podcast, I think. I'm pretty confident. Um, Another thing I wanted to tell you, uh, it's also going out, but like I think you guys have already realized in our previous uh, episodes, Nico and I have a quite different uh, definition of going out because I am living the boomer lifestyle and Nico isn't. (laughs) But yeah, today I went out since quite a while and I went out with my puppy for his first walk uh, outside of our garden. Because um, he's, like I need to say, I'm really, really thankful for him. And he's basically a perfect pup. And it, he, he listens really, really well. And everyone we met who like has dogs and had dogs in the past is really impressed by what he's able to do. But he has this one weird thing where he just incredibly loves. Like he, he loves <laughs> rocks and tiny stones and pebble. And for people that have dogs or are familiar with dogs... Um, Yeah, if they eat a rock that's too big, uh, they can either die or you need to go to the vet and basically pay like two to three K uh, to get it removed. So we don't want him to eat rocks, right? And we were quite scared to go outside of the garden and like to leave this controlled environment uh, where rocks are everywhere, basically. But we have really upped his training and it worked quite well. He didn't eat a single rock till we went Back into our garden, let him go for a potty break, and obviously, I was so relieved that he didn't eat a rock the whole walk that I kind of forgot about it and he ate a rock. <laughs> but, um, I mean, it will be fine. He had, <laughs> he before. had some um, before, it, it was, was for, for dinner or what? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he had some. Like It's his, his fifth rock he ate, but like all of them <laughs> oh, came my. out so far. Yeah, like not rock pebble. It's super annoying that he, like, I'm, I can't wait till he has his, like, he lost his baby teeth because then ho- hopefully he's not, like, it, it's also so weird. Like, if you give him um, wood, he chews on it, but he spits it out. If you give him a rock, he just wants to swallow it. I, I don't have a fucking clue why, but, I mean, that's Jeez. how he is. Okay. <laughs> so it, yeah, I, I think it's
0: going to be a few more months of struggling for sure, but soon it'll, it'll, it'll get better. Yeah. By the way, will you... But but it definitely got
1: better. Like outside he didn't even like we trained with him and he didn't even basically he's supposed to look at, at me before he eats something and then he gets something better from me. And outside it it worked really well, but like I let my guard down in the last moment and um yeah. I mean happens. Shit happens. But will you will, will be you fine. bring
0: him to a dog school?
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. It starts in like oh, nice. uh, okay. two weeks. Oh
0: how 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 often is that like once training right? yeah. Yeah, once Saturdays. a week on Saturdays. Do you pay for that, by the way? I like I, I have no idea about this kind of stuff. That's yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Most of Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, you have to pay for it. Yep. How much it's you not too How much you pay? It's like uh, it, there are differences. Like, there's one school uh, by a really known dog trainer who also has a book and stuff, and there you pay 250 bucks for eight sessions. But the school I'm going to is a. They're basically quite uh, known too. They even went to the obedience. Uh, Championship, world championship, with a team, and you pay ten bucks per session there. So ten sessions, ten bucks, one hundred bucks for ten sessions. And then you can have like uh, individual sessions with a trainer, which are uh, obviously more pricey. But Mm,
0: no, but that's uh, it's it's a good thing. Uh, It's definitely a good thing to do, um, especially. Yep. Like I I mean I had the experience with uh with our dog that like she basically the story here is that uh our dog she lived the first 6 years with my with my grandmother then my grandmother passed away and then we took her over and during the time that she was with my grandmother my uh she never attended any dog school or anything like that and my grandmother was old so she was fine with pretty much everything that she did. And what happened, especially because it was also a very small dog, it was a chihuahua. Like she was quite aggressive in t- um, towards other people, people that she wouldn't know. Constantine <laughs> remembers. <laughs> I know. And I, I, have, I, I felt it. I felt so bad. Yeah, minor. exactly. Or like when there. there were dogs outside. She would always bark at them. She would never run away, at least. Uh, that was the only good thing. But. She was way too scared, scared for that. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, "Fuck those people!" But yeah, alone but, I'm scared. <laughs> so, like, I'm am a big believer in dogs because dogs have to be trained, especially if they're a little bit bigger. Yeah, like, 100%. because there are a lot of people that are actually scared of dogs, and it's uh, it's it, it, it makes yeah. them very uncomfortable uh, when you know dogs freaks out yeah. in front of them or something or jump on them or something like that.
1: Yeah. And also what I think is even more important than training, because training, if you read a bit, like if you read a lot and you really care for it, I think you can do training at home, but the socialization, right? The dog needs to play with dogs and he needs to be used to dogs. Obviously, like he lost to play with dogs. You basically take away of something really fulfilling in his life if he's not allowed to play with other dogs and not learn to play with other dogs in a peaceful manner. I think that's really, really important too. But yeah, I think we can actually round up this episode here and I want to do something for the first time just because I was really happy about it and I showed it to Niku and he also really appreciated it. We got some um, like messages from a uh, listener who listens to a lot of our episodes and we are quite happy about that. So uh, just a quick shout out to Goliathus. Um, thank you for your messages. We
0: received them. Yes, and thank we you we very much. Also on my behalf, so you I read have it. Some? Uh, it yeah. was very beautiful. <laughs> thank you.
1: Yep. So uh, if you also have some feedback, uh, good feedback, negative feedback, we take both, uh, really thankfully. And just make sure to uh, let us know what we should improve on and maybe drop a follow or a like on Apple Music, Spotify or whatever platform you're listening to this podcast and have oh an awesome God. week.